Has radon ever caused a problem with one of your sales? Would you like to learn how to properly test and mitigate for radon? The Virginia Department of Health now offers one and two hour CE credit radon courses taught anywhere in Virginia. To schedule a class, please call Ryan Paris at 800-468-0138. Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Jessica Toon. And I'm Kate Orslan. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. And now we'd like to thank our sponsor, Virginia Housing Development Authority. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Kate. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How are y'all? Doing well. Yeah. Spring has sprung. Spring is springing. It's very exciting. So, truth time, Kate. You have to tell the truth. Have you ever fallen victim to a scam, Kate? Truth or truth? Truth or truth. <laughs> I oh, dare truth. you. Yes. <laughs> so, I can't say that I've knowingly clicked on a scam link, but I did get spoofed, get a spoofed email telling me that someone had hacked into my email and that I needed to wire them bitcoins. Coin? Oh, coins? bitcoin? Bitcoins? Or else they threatened to release all of my internet and email stuff. Oh, no. I was like, okay, go ahead. Sounds <laughs> creepy and weird. It was very unsettling. I bet. Because it looked like it was me sending the email, so someone telling me that they had access to my email. Um, but instead of replying, do you know what I did? What did you do, Kate? Let me tell you. I sent it to IT to confirm that it was fake. And so, sorry, hacker, I did not send you any Bitcoins. Because I don't even have any. But if I right? did, I still wouldn't have sent them. I don't really know how that works if you don't have the Bitcoin Bitcoins. I think you have to go to the dark net. I don't send. know. I, maybe <laughs> somebody can help us out there. I have literally no idea. Um, um, but so let's take a deeper look today into real estate scams and how our members can protect themselves and their clients from this type of illicit internet illicit activity. Internet. Right. So I think it's becoming more and more popular, especially in the real estate industry. And criminals, dark net users of the criminal activity, hotbed of criminal activity, um, criminals are constantly updating their tactics. So they're quite innovative. And this means that when you hear about some criminal activity, there's always people trying to come up with new and improved scams that have right. not been reported. Um, so ultimately, your best bet is to be suspicious of everything in order to help protect your business and your clients. Great. Trust no one. Trust no one. Got Constant it. vigilance. Right. But I guess that's the way it's always been. Right. And so then, although you hear about a lot of internet crimes, I think that's the most popular, everyone's afraid of it, kind of amorphous internet crimes mm -hmm. these days you also need to protect yourself against these against in-person scams those still happen i mean just because we only hear about the new scary internet wire fraud transfers doesn't mean that there aren't just those low those regular Your regular everyday Joe Schmo criminal in-person in scam <laughs> right so we're gonna on this episode we're gonna discuss a little bit about both internet and kind of the in-person scams that you can run across in your real estate business. Okay. Well, we're going to start with internet internet scams. So let's define internet crimes first. 
The FBI at the Internet Crime Complaint Center defines an internet crime as any illegal activity involving one or more components of the internet, such as websites, chat rooms, and or email. Internet crime involves the use of the internet to communicate false or fraudulent representations to consumers. These crimes may include, but are not limited to, advanced fee schemes, non-delivery of goods or services, computer hacking, or employment business opportunity schemes. I think we should also uh, review some of the technical terms. I mentioned spoofing earlier. Yes. And then let's also talk about phishing. Okay. Great idea. With a PH, not an F. Right. We need like a <laughs> summary Not definition. the thing you do off a dock, right? Fishing. Right. Dock, or in the sea. PH. PH. So, fishing is the fraudulent attempt to obtain confidential information such as usernames, passwords, and financial information by disguising as a trustworthy entity in an electronic communication. For example... An email from someone claiming to be from the IRS. Actually, I get those in voicemails oftentimes. Really? Saying that I owe ta- back taxes and that oh. this, someone's calling me from the IRS. Interesting. I never call them back because... Right. No. No. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. So we've got phishing. Now spoofing. Spoofing is when someone duplicates some type of internet address or phone number or email address and uses it for illegitimate purposes. And a lot of times, Kate... A criminal might use spoofing to engage in phishing. Say that five times fast. I can't. (laughs) I'm not even going to try. Right? (laughs) Spoofing to engage in phishing. Um, So basically, they look like, so they might look like they're from the legitimate IRS, but it's really a, um, a criminal who's trying to get your social security number to confirm your identity who is not actually with the IRS, right? That's right. what we're talking yes. about. Yes. Um, in general, you want to be aware of deals that seem kind of too big, too good, too good to be true. Evasive buyers or sellers who exclusively communicate by email and refuse phone calls or in-person meetings. And anyone who asks you or your client to wire money. That overseas, especially. Yeah, especially overseas. Um, that are all kind of red flag. Red flags of risky um doesn't necessarily one on its own doesn't mean that anything is wrong but certainly should be raising some of your red flags to say we should take a deeper look into this this situation should get your spidey sense going right so some of the most common real estate scams are wire fraud criminal spoof messages from banking institutions or title companies and provide updated wiring instructor instructions so updated and quotations right right because it's fake fake and the criminal changes the instructions to divert the funds from the actual seller and instead direct them to the criminal's bank account that's right where they want it right and that's (laughs) something we see a lot or hear about a lot yes pretty frequently that i think is one of the biggest real estate scams going going right now Mm -hmm. yeah another one and this is sometimes more of an kind of in-person slash internet would internet um crime be renting a house that doesn't exist. So a criminal mm. sets up a rental advertisement for a house that he doesn't own using photos from an existing listing. Your client then rents it and forwards a deposit, but it's kind of surprised when he shows up and isn't able to get into the property. Right. Either it's a vacant house that the person has no access to or someone else is completely living there right. separately. Yikes. Um, All around. Yes. Not a good situation. Right. And the last one we're going to talk about is called check kiting. And that's when scammers overpay with forged checks and ask the agent or another individual to refund the difference. The check then bounces after you've wired the refund and you are out of the money. 
something to be very careful about when you're repaying for an overpayment of something. Um, Not to say that it can't legitimately happen, but just make sure that those funds have cleared. Um, This is, and this is really just kind of a few examples and doesn't really represent the large number and many variations of scams. So just because you didn't hear about it here doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. This is very, lots of double negatives. Including but not limited to. Exactly. Right. So what happens when you believe that your client is receiving a suspicious offer? Well, unless your client has waived the requirement in writing, you are still obligated to present all offers to your clients. That's a requirement by Virginia and under the Code of Ethics. You should, of course, point out to your client why you find the offer to be suspicious. Then you can talk to your client and the closing attorney about how to protect your client if he or she still wants to move forward with a suspect offer. So some ways you can do this are by, for example, requiring proof of funds, especially if that offer is in all cash. Or two, as a broker, having a third party hold escrow funds, such as an attorney or financial institution, this may limit your exposure if there is a breach because you wouldn't have personally been handling the funds. Mm-hmm. Um, another way would be encouraging your client to accept backup offers in the event that the offer they want to pursue is really a scam. That would mean that you don't have to place the house back on the market. And then finally, using third-party sites for contracts and document exchanges so that you're not potentially opening corrected files directly onto your computer. So that kind of helps so that you're not opening something that's going to infect your computer directly via email. Right. That makes sense. Uh, This is also a really good time to remind you that you are always, always, always subject to fair housing laws. So make sure that a suspicious offer is not code for any other type of discrimination. There's actually a legitimate basis for which your client or you need to be worried about it and that you're still adhering to those fair housing laws. Right. So some good information there. And before we take it to the legal hotline, a quick word from our sponsor. VHDA works with realtors all over Virginia to offer down payment grants and loans for first-time homebuyers. Find the right solution for your client and locate a VHDA-approved lender near you. Just visit vhda.com. Okay, so now let's Take it to the legal hotline. Okay, Kate. First question. My clients believe they have been the subject of a scam. Who should they report the scam to? What a vague question. Yes. Cover, could cover a lot of ground. A lot of options let's, here. Let's get into it. Let's, let's go. Depending on the type of the scam, there are several places that your clients can report it to. For an internet crime. You're going to look at the FBI at the Internet Crime Complaint Center at www.ic3.gov. And that's the letter I, the letter C, and the number three. Nothing spelled out there. Uh, Local police, especially if it involved in-person criminal activity. The regional FBI office. If the perpetrator is a real estate licensee or someone impersonating a real estate licensee, they probably want to report that to DPOR. And if the perpetrator is a realtor... You may want to pursue an ethics complaint and file a complaint at the member's local association. Okay, so lots of options. Choose your own adventure style for reporting a scam. Yes, excellent. I guess the adventure would be chosen for you, but then (laughs) just follow that path down. Someone hacked my email, sent fraudulent wire instructions to my client, and my client wired the funds. What do we do? All right, so that's a bit of a more specific situation. And again, when we're seeing... You know, more somewhat frequently. So first, the client needs to immediately contact the FBI at the IC3, where Kate just gave you the 
address form, and also the bank to request that the bank issues a wire transfer recall notice. Again, that's a wire transfer recall notice. The faster that the client reports to the FBI and bank, the more chance they have of getting those funds back. So that's first of all, immediately. Those are your immediate contacts. Also, you need to contact your liability insurance and let them know. And finally, you should always advise your clients to verify any change in wiring instructions directly with their banking institution by phone and to use contact information that they found directly on the bank's website or from a business card. They should never use the contact information contained in an email that's changing the wire instructions. It's very important because, again, the perpetrator could be putting a false uh, phone number or email address or false contact information into that communication, which would just you'd end up in the same spot again. So, my uh, Kate, last question. My client is in the military and wants to rent a house sight unseen because she and her family aren't able to make it to town before they move here. How can I help make sure that they aren't subject to a scam? So it is great that she hired a realtor. You can help make sure the listings are legitimate by going to the house for your client and verifying ownership. This, of course, may not be necessary if the property is listed by another realtor or in the MLS, but would be important if she's forwarding something she found on Facebook or Craigslist. Help your client to do his or her due diligence and verify that everything in the listing is accurate. And if you have concerns about any step in the process, inform your client and talk to your broker. Great. So... Speaking of talking to your broker, let's talk about limiting your risk. First, always trust your gut. If something feels off, ask for more information to verify. As a broker, make sure your agents are aware of the importance of internet security and keep them up to date on any new wide-reaching scams that are targeting real estate agents. Use two-factor authentication where possible and make sure you use complex and unique passwords and update those passwords regularly. We did a podcast in November of 2018 on this topic on cybersecurity, so you can reference that podcast if you have any questions about those two things, passwords and two-factor authentication. Also, have an up-to-date office policy manual that has procedures on identity verification for new clients, such as requiring copies of their driver's license to keep on file. Agents need to inform clients of the risks associated with real estate transactions, in part because of the large sums of money being transferred. Establish procedures in person and make sure they know to confirm wiring instructions with an individual with whom they have personal knowledge and never ever through contact information provided in an email that changes those instructions. As a broker, understand your insurance coverage and what it does or does not cover in the event you fall victim to a scam. While you want to make sure you take plenty of preventative measures, it is also important to know what to do should you be the target of a scam. Have procedures in your office policy manual, and we have a template manual for you to use on our website, virginiarealtors.org, and make sure your agents and clients know to report immediately to the IC3 at www.ic3.gov. Finally, this issue is ever-changing and morphing, so be proactive and keep up-to-date with Virginia Realtors resources. We'll help to keep you up-to-date. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. 
Thanks. Bye. All of the members of this podcast are attorneys. The legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2019. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.